Good evening, one and all. Good evening to those who are here regularly on our Saturday evening vigil mass, but all of you who join us in a particular way as we celebrate World Mission Sunday in a, a, here in this diocese and around the world, and also where we join in, with our Holy Father in the opening of the synod that will take place now, beginning locally and taking place over the next year or two. I want to begin by thanking all of you who are here through the mission office or through the invitation of the mission office, but in a very particular way, I want to thank Sister Safrina for her great leadership in our mission office who the spirit she brings to it and all those who assist sister in the office. Um, and, um, and thank you for organizing us today. Our high priest, Jesus Christ, is able to deal patiently with us because he himself is beset by weakness. He himself has taken on our weakness. You know, we're in a reading right now from the, we actually come to the close of the 10th chapter of Mark's Gospel, which is a very important chapter and leaves us in an important place. Jesus is now about to enter in to the city of Jerusalem. We all know that scene very well on Palm Sunday, right? We're right at the threshold of Jesus about to enter into the holy city of Jerusalem. And in this last chapter, we've been given glimpses of people who really sincerely want to follow Jesus, but find that they're having struggles in doing that. They all seem to have something that weighs them down or holds them back. So we've seen, for example, where Peter is afraid of the suffering. He tells Jesus, you don't want to go there to Jerusalem. Stay here where everybody likes you. We hear the rich young man who follows all the commandments, wants to gain eternal life, but just can't let go of those last bit of possessions. We hear, last week we heard about James and John who wanted places of honor in heaven. They, they wanted heaven, which was a good thing, but they wanted places of honor. And then we hear the others who are jealous. Everybody's got something holding them down. But if you read it carefully, they're all good people, and I think we can identify with them. They're decent people. They really want to follow Jesus. They really want to go where Jesus is going. It's just that sometimes it gets tough along the way. And so we hear how Jesus patiently engages each one of them, trying to draw them a little bit deeper. And I mention that because as we get to the end of the section, Finally, somebody gets it. Interestingly, it's the blind man Bartimaeus, the one who supposedly can't see, 
who actually can see deeper into reality than everybody else, even those who were closest to Jesus. Let me contrast this Bartimaeus with the rich young man. The rich young man, again, his intentions were good. But did you notice his question? He says, teacher, what must I do? Hear that? What must I do to gain eternal life? To win. What must I do to win? And actually, Jesus says to him, wrong question. It's not what you need to do. It's what God is trying to do within you. You need to let go a little bit. You see, by comparison, in the passage we just heard with Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. In other words, he just hears that Jesus is passing by and he throws himself out to Jesus. He just says, help me. He gets it. He doesn't have to do and gain and win. He needs only to open his arms to allow the embrace of Jesus. It's that simple. Turn himself over to Jesus. It's interesting, even in, the, in this moment, you know, we, we hear people try to, they're still trying to protect Jesus. They're still, you know, when he starts crying out, everybody tells him, be quiet, be quiet, don't bother Jesus. Jesus is coming by, don't bother him. And then, it's funny, in a comical kind of a way, Jesus says, don't tell him to be quiet, bring him to me. And so the same people go and say, hear that? Jesus is calling you, get up, get up. Take courage, Jesus is calling you. If we were to summon that, summarize rather, that whole last chapter, it's all about this one line. The words they spoke to the man Bartimaeus are words that he speaks to us today. Take courage. Get up. Jesus is calling you. Friends, that's really the missionary, the true, and the lasting missionary message. Letter to the Hebrew talks about Jesus, our high priest, who's able to identify with us in every way but sin who took upon himself our human weakness. You see, Jesus chose to enter in to the reality of your life and of my life, just like in these, these people in the gospel. Jesus wants to be an integral part of what's going on in our lives. Jesus wants to be there in the messiness of human life. He's not waiting for us to have everything all neat and clean so that he can enter in. He wants to be part of the cleanup effort. He wants to be part of what, what we're all about. He wants to share the struggles. He wants to 
walk patiently and mercifully with us as we kind of sort out our stuff. But he also wants to challenge us, gently to push us, encourage us, show us where he believes in us. You see, the way of the world is indeed more like the rich young man, that everything is for us. And on the one hand, there's something good about giving our best shot at things. But the main conviction has to be the conviction of who Jesus is and that what Jesus does really and truly matters. I've been working through this book from Christendom to Apostolic Ministry, Mission. I've mentioned it before. And the title kind of explains what it's all about, the premise. And we're kind of living, coming out of one age and moving into an age really where we have to be missionaries. So what's the fundamental stance of a missionary? To be absolutely, totally convinced that Jesus Christ is the answer to every human need. Period, amen. Not just Jesus Christ is an answer, but Jesus Christ is the first step. No, no, no. Jesus Christ is the answer to every human need. Thoroughly to be convinced of that is just like to be like Bartimaeus and simply to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Help me. You know, right from the very beginning, you, you might say, well, you know, the church, we, we, we sometimes get involved in other projects and whatnot, and projects, yeah, okay, good. But right from the very beginning, in the days of Paul, there were people who were going out telling everybody, it's Jesus Christ and all these other customs. That was, that's the whole story of the Acts of the Apostles. And it's Jesus himself. It's Jesus who is alive and who wants to be part of your life. It's Jesus who gives himself to us really and truly in the sacraments of the church. It's Jesus himself who speaks his word to us and wants to relate, not just in some theoretical way, but wants really and truly to relate to your life. And so we cry out, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. When we talk about missionary life, we're talking about doing what Jesus did, entering in to the reality of human life, living in this world as it is, not in a world of make-believe, but letting the power of Jesus shine through us by our conviction, by our choices, by the ways we live our lives and the, and the ways we speak about him and the ways we speak to and about one another. That's missionary life. Now, on the one hand, missions aren't all that far away. I remember back on Long Island, I was walking with the bishop. We were around the cathedral and not far behind the cathedral is the parish school and the gymnasium, and it was, it was a basketball game going on. And we were talking about 
Pope Francis in going out to the peripheries. And he said, you know what? Periphery is only 100 yards away from the church. <laughs> They're right there in the basketball court. Good people, faithful parents, but who are bearing a lot of pressures and a lot of burdens and trying to balance a lot of stuff out, trying to provide for their kids, but doing a dozen other things every day just to kind of make sure the kids are where they're supposed to be at the right time, right? But needing to know that they're not alone, that Jesus wants to be part of their lives and that he's really the answer that they're looking for deep down inside. But yes, the missions do take us far away. And today we're invited to take part in the missionary work of the church, first of all, by our material support. This is the second collection, the two baskets in the back of the church. By our prayers. And by our awareness. that we be aware, that we, we know some of the great work that's being done. People from our area who go out to proclaim Jesus Christ by entering into the reality of human life, walking perhaps with the poorest of the poor, extending the hand of friendship, and speaking gently, but boldly and unapologetically about the difference that Jesus brings. On this Mission Sunday, we're called to re recognize how we're all missionaries too, right here. I take a quote from this book. The church's primary stance before an unbelieving world is not the imposition of law, which assumes knowledge of its existence and purpose, but the invitation under an attitude of mercy and hope into a relationship with the living God and an incorporation into a new humanity with an entirely new way of being and of seeing, one that liberates and brings meaning and joy. Friends, that's what we believe the gospel does, liberates and brings meaning and joy. Until, so like Jesus, Gently, patiently, but persistently and boldly, we keep putting out that choice that there is a different way of seeing the world, and that comes through friendship with Jesus Christ. You know, I mentioned the Synod, and we'll say some of the prayers are opening up the Synod, but what the world is doing right now in, in this engagement of the Synod, we've kind of already undertaken through Real Presence, Real Future. And we're doing exactly what's being asked, that we reflect on this mystery, that this beautiful gift that's given to us in our faith. And listen carefully to one another about how we might be able to proclaim that eternal message of Jesus Christ in ages that are ever-changing? What are the needs 
Where is the church? Where is the world crying out like Bartimaeus? Jesus, help me. Where is Central Ohio crying out? Jesus, help me. And how can you and I be part of proposing that answer? Indeed, as we walk with Jesus along the way, we ask him to open our own eyes, to help us to see his presence, his living presence among us, to help us to remember that we have our eternal priest who understands us more than we understand ourselves because he's taken everything upon himself, all of our human weakness. He carries it with us and he shows us a new way of living. <laughs>